0: breaking news concerning the us economy official show stock- the the market. Market. <laughs> a friend told me about a teacher he knows who is teaching his class on Zoom, and he, uh, he asked the class a question. He said, what's the answer to this? And then he asked a student, a particular student, he said, what is the answer to this? And the student uh, looked down and said, Siri, what's the answer to this? And they didn't realize they were not muted but the funniest part, wait, wait, the funniest part was there was a person named Siri in the class and they were like, "Um, you know, I'm not sure what the answer is. And that's when they realized that they weren't on mute. Uh, who would have thought we would have been living in this crazy Zoom world? I hope you're doing okay and it's good to be together today. We've jumped into this new series um, and it's called How to Find Peace of Mind. And here's the focus. The uh, key verse that we're learning is uh, Jesus said this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And the idea of life or the, the Greek word for life that Jesus used is zoe. And it's this overabundant, um, filled life, full life. And the way we've been defining it is life, a life of wholeness and peace. And this kind of life uh, touches on these key areas, uh, mental health, relational health, emotional health, physical health, and spiritual health. Zoe life is a life overflowing in these areas. And so the purpose of this um, series is to be on our journey with Jesus toward a life of wholeness and peace. Now, as we're in this series, we would love to hear from you. If you've got questions about any of these areas, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, health, um, just email us here at ask at whitewaterchurch.org. Or if you're connected with us um, on any of the social media platforms, just send us a message and let us know your questions. Um, we've got some friends who are joining us, um, some actual uh, counselors, Christian counselors, and we would just love to know how we can serve you and your questions. Now, so let's begin today where we left off. We've been in the story of a man who has been uh, tormented and anguished mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in darkness, and Jesus heals him. He actually casts demons out of him, and he brings wholeness to his mind, his emotions, and we're picking up the story in verse 15 of Mark chapter 5. It says this, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and per- perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. They were became terrified of Jesus because of the freeing and the wholeness that he had brought to this man. Today, I want to speak to someone in the shoes of the man who was healed, a man who was going through mental, emotional, and spiritual anguish. I want to speak to anybody who's had ups and downs in their mental health. So the first thing I want to make sure that we 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 come back to we've been talking about in this series is that you know I'm not a medical expert and most of us aren't medical experts but if we are a follower of Jesus or exploring the way of Jesus then we're part of a community of love and healing and Jesus was a healer and he ta- he shows us the way of love and he created a community of broken people learning to love broken people. So we're going to look in this story, how Jesus um, pulls back some of the cultural lies and the personal lies that people will believe that really become barriers to um, mental, emotional wholeness, and health. And he and he reveals the truth that helps us get beyond those lies, those barriers. And he brings hope to where we are maybe hopeless. And we're going to look at five truths to five lies. And this is, um, based on and adapted from, um, some work by Kay and Rick Warren on what's called the Hope Circle. So here we go. Um, the first truth, um, that helps us. Now, culturally, a lot of times we'll believe that I am unlovable. Therefore, I hate myself. Many times people will begin believing that I'm unlovable. And the truth that Jesus reveals is that you are loved. In the story in verse 18, it says, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. And Jesus knew he was, he was trying to run away. He'd been healed, but hit all of his community and, uh, he felt judged. He felt the stigma and he wanted to run from that. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 you aren't unlovable. You are loved. Go back into your community. There are people who love you. I'm with you. I love you. And I, I want you to hear this. Your illness is never your identity. Our illness is never our identity. I remember when my father-in-law, Stan, had a stroke and uh, the whole right side of, of his brain was impacted by the stroke. And he was going through emotional pain and anguish and mental pain and anguish, spiritual and physical um, anguish. And his illness never was his identity. It, just because he was injured, just because he was going through this and he wasn't saying the same things he would normally uh, say or thinking the, the the things that he would normally say um, in and through that whole stroke, his illness was never his identity for us, and if my son or my daughter or a family member were to go through any kind of any range of emotional and mental and spiritual uh, duress and anguish and their health was impacted, their their illness and their pain would never become their identity for me. That's always my son. That's always going to be my daughter. And my love isn't withdrawn because of the pain that they're going through. And you need to know this. Never, ever, ever believe the lie that you're unlovable. You are loved by your heavenly father, and you. there are people in your life that love you. Um, even if you're having a hard time seeing that or feeling that, now, when Stan had a stroke, there were people in our, in his life and in our life that we would have thought would have been there for him. And when he was in the hospital, there were some people that bailed, that ran away, didn't know how to deal with it, were afraid of it. Um, and they weren't there for Stan in the middle of that crisis and they would have been really easy to focus on and get angry and like, why weren't these people? Like, we've always been there for them and I thought they were good friends. And it was important to remember a few things. But the first is that uh, people often fear what they don't understand. Um, and some people are, they abandon or sometimes people are just kind of jerks. Because uh, hurt people hurt people. Broken people sometimes um, do broken things. And sometimes people just, they don't know. They're not trained in how to deal with a range of issues around our emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And so, they, they, they kind of, they might bail or just freeze. And I think it's important to, to just not focus on it. It doesn't help anything to be angry with them. Um, I, I, it doesn't help anything to ruminate and think on that too much. I think we, we need to let those things go. I think it's, we gotta focus on God's love for us and, and the people that He's put in front of us that do, that are there for us. There, there were some people whose love, it was, it was bright in the darkness. And Stan was going through that and and we need to be able to focus on that focus on the love and focus on what we do have and forgive people that don't know how to act and might not be as helpful as you thought they would be forgive them and remember that Jesus was sent by his heavenly father because God loves you so much he sent his son to absorb the mental uh, spiritual emotional darkness and anguish on the cross so that you can you and I could live in love with God so remember you are loved. Your illness is not your identity. Number two, um, this is a big lie that can creep in. I don't fit in. I don't fit in. And the truth is you belong. In verse 18, it says this, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with Jesus, with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. You belong. You have a family that you belong to that have actually been waiting years to be with you. Um, They've been separate from you. You belong. Don't be- believe the lie that you don't belong. Don't run from the place that you belong. And it might feel at times maybe like you don't fit in or and you might have moments where you um are wondering if you can trust people's love, but you have people you belong to. And that's one of the the themes at Whitewater. We are a, a spiritual family where you can belong even before you believe, and there is a spiritual family that God has put around you. Just open your eyes to it. Ask God to help you see it. You belong. Number three. This is a major lie that can creep in as well. I don't matter. Have you ever felt that way? I don't matter. And when we're going through a range of emotional and mental duress and crisis, we can believe that. The truth is you have a purpose. You matter. It's easy to, easy to believe that you don't matter, but you have a purpose and you matter to God. Verse 20 says this uh, in this story. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done uh, for him how Jesus had changed his life, how Jesus had freed him from spiritual darkness and brought wholeness into his life mentally and emotionally, physically. And he had purpose. Uh, your story matters to God. Your story matters. You matter. Um, God never wastes pain. It's amazing that that Jesus said to this man as as he's wanting to go with Jesus and and follow him. Jesus says, "No, no, no. You're needed here. You have a purpose for these people. There are people who are in darkness like you are, were in darkness, and your story can help free them." I, I It reminds me of Cody's story, who you may have heard last week. Um, he, him sharing his story and how God has been with him on an emotional, mental, and spiritual journey of wholeness and health. Um, his story is helping set other people free, free from stigmas in society, in church, stigmas that we carry in our own, uh, in our, in our own belief system. Um, our stories are used by God. God doesn't waste our pain. And sometimes God uses our deepest pain to minister and heal others. When we follow the way of Jesus and we're being healed by Jesus, whether that's a miraculous moment of healing or it's like a process of healing that may be a lifetime, we be, we let Jesus heal our wounds and we become wounded healers. Let Jesus turn your life into a life that's a wounded healer where you can bring life to others in the areas of pain that you've gone through. You have purpose. Jesus sends this man, um, who has come from darkness to light to go into the darkness of his world to help bring light. Isn't that incredible? And each one of us has a unique story, unique pains, unique victories. And God wants to use every one of us. And I think of it like a light that's shining through a prism. You ever seen that where white light will come through a prism and and it, it separates, you know, red and blue and yellow and all these varied colors? And that's the church. That's that's the separate callings and stories of of people like you. We all have different stories, and all of our stories have purpose, meaning, and we matter to God. Amen. Number four. One of the lies that's really easy to buy into is, "I am useless. I'm useless." That can be really easy to believe in certain moments, but Jesus reveals in this story that the truth is, you are needed. You're not useless. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are needed. Again, in this story, in verse twenty, it says the man started off uh, to visit the ten towns that he was from, and that that region. Um, And he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. They were amazed. His community, those 10 towns, that region needed to hear his story. There are people who need to hear your story. You are needed. You're not useless. You are You are needed. People need you to live out your purpose. They need you to because they need to hear your story, your unique perspective. You have a perspective that is different than me. You've got, have a story that's different than me and people need to hear it. Um, and it's really important to remember that our feelings may go up and down. And sometimes our feelings kind of feed these lies that we might, we might want to believe and we might want to act on or make decisions on that we shouldn't. Because um, feelings are like waves, they go up and down, and um, you got to know that you, your feelings will pass, but the truth will remain. You matter to God. You have a purpose, and you're needed. Now, this is the last one. This is really important. Here's the lie: I need to give up. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I need to give up. I'm so tired. I don't think I can keep going. And the truth that Jesus reveals in this story is that you have a choice and never, ever, ever give up. Choose life. And at this moment, I just want to let you know is we're going to be, we want to be really authentic and very real and address real things. And so, you If you've got little ones, you may want to hit pause and maybe um, go connect them to watching whitewater kids. Um, you can just kind of go to the link that's on our YouTube uh, page and and set up the the whitewater kids and watch this this last bit on your own if as a, as a as a family or as appropriate and we're going to be talking about the will to life, the will to live and where some people have given up. That will to live or are on the path of giving up um, the will to live. We want to talk about the, the truth that sets us free to choose life. So the lie is, I need to give up. I'm too tired. I can't keep, keep going. I need to give up. The truth that Jesus reveals is you have a choice. Choose life. Choose life. Um, Here's a few things I think are really important. first is this. Suicide is a permanent action to a temporary problem. And you have to realize when the wave of emotion hits, remember those waves will come, but the waves will go. We have to remember that. And when the wave of emotion is hitting you and it's easy to believe that lie that says, I, I just need to give up. We have to remember suicide is a permanent action to a temporary problem. The emotional wave will pass. And we have to hold on to the truth um, when we're going through something that's temporary. The other truth is this. Never make a permanent choice around a temporary feeling. This too shall pass. The wave will pass. The emotion will pass. The, the lack of clear thinking will pass. Never make a permanent choice around a temporary feeling and, and stopping the will to live, choosing suicide is a permanent choice that damages, um, people. It damages your future and, and it's something that And Jesus reveals like he came to give us life, even in those moments where we feel like we can't keep going. He's there with you. You see, everything can be resolved except for the decision to take your own life. Everything can be resolved. It can be worked through. There are people who are for you. They want to be with you. They are with you. They love you. And everything can be resolved except when you need the decision to take your own life. The waves will pass. Let me give you a few statistics. Every year, over 1 million die around the world due to suicide. I mean, this is, this is statistics before COVID-19, and a lot of people are going through emotional and mental uh, crisis right now. Over 40,000 people a year take their own lives in America. That's double the murder rate in America. That means twice as many people take their own lives as are murdered in the U.S. Now, that's, that's a statistic that can be really heavy. Um, but I just want us to, to be aware of the reality of what's going on around us in the lives and hearts of people that we might not even know are struggling Among young adults, suicide is the number one killer. Ages 15 to 24, that's generation Z. It's the number one killer. And that was before COVID-19 hit. In the Bible, some people ask like, well, what's the unforgivable sin? Jesus taught about this unforgivable sin and some people can have a lot of anxiety and worry about it. But when Jesus taught that, he he was saying that the The unforgivable sin is rejecting the forgiveness and grace and love of god and 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 so you can always turn to Jesus he's always there to give life and to bring us on a path toward life. that's why he came. And we have to remember when the when the darkness comes and the the, the things that lead to those statistics I read the, the the mental fog the emotional fog the the spiritual fog gets so dense that we 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 can't think straight and we're believing those those lies. We have to remember those truths that you are loved, you belong, you have purpose, you are needed, and you have a choice. Would you listen to uh, my friend, Dr. Jay, tell his story about the will to live?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Jay Diller, um, and I'm a counselor. And I, my father was my pastor, who was losing his mind because of hardening of the arteries and oxygen wouldn't get to his brain. So he'd like he'd be like insane for an hour and then he'd be okay. And so it was kind of scary. And he took his own life. Two days before I turned 13, so I became the man of the house and a sister two years older and my mom and everyone else was gone. Teenager, and, you know, I made some bad choices. And, you know, looking back on it, I had a really, um, I was a daredevil. I was just, you know, it was like I was trying to take myself out. And so, drug addict, so that's basically so slow suicide. I mean, I was pretty apathetic about life and... Up until then, I was very motivated. I was like the child prodigy pastor kind of a thing, and I was really headed somewhere. And I just tossed it. And spiritually, well, yeah, it tanked me. And, uh, you know, I basically uh, blamed God, so I get really ticked at him. And it was a lot easier to be mad at God than my dad, who was not there anymore. Uh, but that's really who I was mad at. So emotionally, spiritually, it uh, took me out. And so, yeah, suicide has had a huge effect on my life and uh, it has an awful lot to do with why i chose to help to take care of people and um, it's kind of a calling It give me a heart for struggling people and god seems to put an amazing amount of suicide potentials in my life and you know i said you know suicide is kind of like you know inviting all the people you love into a room with a hand grenade and pulling the pen Cause that's the destruction you're gonna do. Most people that want to commit suicide see life as hopeless. And so if you can bring some hope, you know, Proverbs 13, 12, I believe it says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Depression, discouragement. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So the desire fulfilled. What are your dreams? What, what, what do you, stop and dream for a moment. If you could dream, what would you dream for? And, and perhaps in that turn of the transition that's coming, if you wait, there may be hope. What, what If you know if this wasn't where you're at, what, what would you desire for your life? What do you long for? What are your yearnings? All crisis will eventually go away if you wait long enough. Hang on to the desire, and let's take one day at a time, one accomplishment at a time. and Because um, that's all God promises to help us anyhow, Matthew 6. You know. And by the way, if you made a plan, you're never obligated to fulfill it. Pursue something. Because that happens. People feel like, I've made this plan, now I'm committed to it, i got to carry it through. No, 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 you're never under obligation. Keep that desire in front of you. How can that pull you to hope? there's something in that desire. it was real it was personal it was part of your heart your soul and God wants to do something with that whether you believe in him or not I believe
0: there's always an option friends you are dearly loved by our heavenly father I, I love you our church loves you and is for you And I want to give a few steps of faith that you might need to take today. If you've been struggling with the will to live, I I want you to do this. Call today. Call today. Here's where you can call. Suicide prevention line, here it is. Call right now. If you've been struggling with the will to live, call right now. If you've been having uh, ideation around suicide, call today. Pierce County crisis line, uh, call here. If there's any crisis, if you, here's numbers you can call. Call today. Um, the second thing, st- second step of faith is tell somebody you trust. Tell somebody you trust. If you don't know anybody, uh, you can message us today and we will have someone call you um, and connect with you. But But call someone you trust, um, talk with them, and have them help you um, take the next steps toward life. I also want to talk to parents. Here's a step of faith for parents that 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 I want to ask you to take. Um, We're going through an unprecedented time. No one is prepared for a hundred-year pandemic to hit. Um, No one was ready for this. And the emotional, mental toll on people has been very real. And our children, parents, our children, many of them don't maybe have the skills or they, they, they don't have the maturity to express their emotions uh, in words yet or to you yet. And I want to encourage you to do this, especially reach out to your kids, your teens, uh, young adults uh, who might not have the skills, the ability, the capacity to communicate those feelings that they're going through and that they're feeling right now. Reach out to them. Talk to them. Um. And help them on that path toward life. Jesus said, "I came that you may have life and life to the full." And Jesus' followers help others take those steps. Lastly, I want to say this for those of you who are survivors of suicide loss. You've had someone in your in your family, in your friendship circles, in your work circle that lost the will to live, and they and you lost them. I just want to I want to speak to that for a moment. For those of you who are grieving hurting or even angry or have had like a slow anger for maybe a long period of time um i want to i want you to know that jesus understands exactly what you're going through he lost one too jesus lost judas um to suicide and jesus understands what it's like to go through that kind of pain and he is with you and wants to walk through that pain with you. Would you reach out to somebody today if you're needing to just process? Um, Our church has people who will listen and pray for you. Um, If you're really needing to call someone like the Pierce County Crisis Line, call the Pierce County Crisis Line. Call them today. And don't do this alone. I just want you to know Jesus is with you and for you. Um, if you are wanting to take a step of faith on the path toward life with Jesus, path toward wholeness and peace, would you just pray this simple prayer with me? This is a prayer for life. Go ahead and bow your head, um, quiet your heart and you can pray this you know internally, or you can pray this out loud with me. Heavenly Father, I choose the path of life today. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to give me life, to open up the the way to life. And I choose to follow you on the path of life. Heavenly Father, would you help me to help others on that path toward life? Would you give me strength to trust in the truth when a lie would be easier to believe? I, I, I choose to hang on to the truth of your love, of your grace, and of the life that is only found in you. And Jesus, I take this step of faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you yourself or you have friends who have been struggling with mental and emotional health or the will to live, um, I want you to know that we have resources. Um, you can click on the link below and it'll give you resources to call people for immediate help those crisis lines and the suicide prevention line. But we also will have resources that can connect you with a counselor, get you on those steps toward counseling and, and help. And we also have people um, that want to pray with you. And there's there's um, next steps and ways to connect you with people who would listen and pray with you to help connect you personally to that next step of wholeness and bringing the life of Christ in. Um, guys, we love you so much. And we want to help you on that journey toward wholeness and peace. So let's now worship together the God of all life and hope.